I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. This is Spaces Podcast, where we aim to elevate the appreciation and understanding of the spaces we occupy every day. Hello, my name is Demetrius. This is Michelle. Hey, everyone. And this is Jason. What's up, guys? And you are listening to Spaces Podcasts. Thank you for coming back, everyone. Short break, six months. It's been a little bit of time, uh, but we are back. Thank you for coming back and joining us. Thank you, Jason and Michelle, for hanging in there, coming back. We've been uh, MIA and out of touch from each other for quite some time. I'm allowed uh, to say I missed you guys? Yeah, I guess. Well, let okay. that slide. <laughs> uh, but it's been a crazy year. Uh, after uh, We can't sign off, I guess, because the world goes insane if we are not creating podcasts. So um, That could be the link. That could be the link, actually. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we got to go year around now. But maybe not, maybe not yet. Sounds like a lot of work for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not yet. So uh, thank you for coming back. Uh, this will be season four starting up. And we're actually going to start by the time you're hearing this. It will be starting up officially tomorrow, June 24th. And we will be starting with an express episode uh, with Jason and I. And we have one guest coming in. And we'll chat with them about their business and kind of what they're doing. 
so for those that may not be aware of our express episodes it's kind of the show within the show we talk a little bit it's a more free-flowing conversation and we talk about a lot of different things in the industry not just one specific topic and then we try to bring in a guest uh, every other episode to give their insight of what goes into their profession and help all of our listeners you guys uh, understand a little bit more about all corners of our industry so tune in tomorrow june 24th uh, and get this season kicked off but before we get into uh, catching up here i wanted to make one two quick announcements and one is actually a reminder talked about it last year but we are network partners at gable media if you're not aware gable media is a network that empowers global leaders in the aec industry to share their knowledge and expertise so uh, we have a bunch of podcasts and video content um, last time if you've been listening along last time we had four podcasts we are now up to eight soon to be nine wow. soon to be nine podcasts so um, we have lots of content and just to give you a run through of the names I won't get into e what each one is you can check out gablemedia.com spelled g-a-b-l media.com uh, we dropped the E on Gable just to be fancy. Uh, but the list of podcasts, if you know any of these, are Entre Architect, Us, Spaces, uh, Archispeak, Build Your Brand, and then the new ones are TRXL or Troxel, Practice Disrupted, Context and Clarity, and Build Smart. Uh, so got a lot of content that you can check out there. So um, go check that out. The second announcement all right, guys, Jason, Michelle, break out the money gun. We have a sponsor. Wow. Awesome. So this is actually through Gable Media. It's a network sponsor who's sponsoring cool. the, the entire network. I won't get into who exactly it is and what they do just yet because we don't officially kick off our contract until July 1st, I believe. Now, getting into this episode, we're going to catch up a little bit. Uh, so what have you guys been up to? Uh, Michelle, you can start us off if you'd like. I think you always kick it to Jason. <laughs> I, I sometimes kick it to Jason. I, it's a loaded question. I mean, the last time we were all together was December. Uh, it's now June. And uh, so six months have passed. We're, we're coming out of a global pandemic. And I actually was anticipating you asking this question and had to look back at my calendar and remind myself, like, what the hell have I actually been doing for the last six months? Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, I mean, you know, our listeners might remember that I was pregnant last year. I had a baby in July of 2020 in the, in the midst of the pandemic, um, height of the pandemic, if you will. And so now life is just, you know, we're, we're just getting into our groove. We've got a 10 and a half month old at home. Uh, work and, and career is just insane. I think our industry, uh, we're all so lucky because I think we were so insulated and, and whatever the pandemic did for many that was, was really bad, it actually was really good for all of us. And so um, we have been just crazy busy at work. Uh, and I know that's such a cliche. It's, it's easy for everyone to be like, oh yeah, we're busy, but it's just we're in that mode. Um, I keep using the hair on fire phrase. <laughs> it's like abnormal. Well, but this is just like, you know, you have these they're competing deadlines and you're like, what is more important and how do I manage this? And, 
and just kind of, you know, again, getting into like that new groove of, of pre-baby um, and maybe other working women can relate to this, but pre, pre-baby, I could manage the meetings and the phone calls and the emails during the workday. And then around 4.30, those would taper off and then I could do the deep work and the report writing and, and the underwriting and all the other types of things and stay to the office till 8.30, 9 o'clock, no problem. And, and I was happy to do that because that's when I could really, you know, fall into my groove. And now with a kid at home, you know, I, I really have to set some boundaries for myself and have and have kind of a, a start and stop. And, and so it's just, it's wild. But I think the other big thing that we've been working on, um, personally speaking, is pretty extensive remodel on our um, outside. So landscape, uh, hardscape, new siding, new windows, new roof, we cut back our eaves, we're installing a pool, we're doing an outdoor kitchen. And, and the project is just there have been a number of starts and stops. The most recent one having to do with Southern California Edison, okay. which is really a critical path item. So, so really for like four weeks now, nothing has happened. We have a giant hole in our, in our, uh, <laughs> in our backyard that is ready for a pool, but can't have a pool because lo and behold, there's a giant Edison pipe that runs through the corner of the pool. Yeah. So, Oh. You know, it's just, there's a lot going on, but all good things and, and we're healthy. And, you know, I, I made it through a pandemic without ever getting COVID. No one I knew personally, um, or, you know, had, I knew a lot of people that had COVID, but or that got COVID, but no one in my immediate family. So I feel very lucky and fortunate in that regard. And um, yeah, we're just chugging. I mean, it's hard to believe we're, we're, you know, halfway through the year, basically, and the summer is upon us. And you know, lumber prices are going back down. So, you know, things are, things are good. That's good. Well, I wanted to uh, jump in there on one thing that you said, because I don't know if I'll ever get the opportunity or remember to bring this up again, but I highly encourage any of our listeners that are homeowners. Um, I highly encourage homeowners and all of my clients to try to get your land survey and uh, the title report to check for all of those uh, utilities on your site and easements and things like that, just so that you know when you're designing things, especially when you have to dig into the ground. Um, and that's one of the first things that people are like, I don't need that. It's pretty simple. Um, and you well, can, let me, let me, let me just say, we have a title report. We have all the plotted easements. We did dig alert. We did all of that. And this was not shown on any of it. So oh, that's brutal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually almost wish that the backhoe had had just torn the the Jesus is out of it and gotten <laughs> rid of it because had that happened, it turns out it's the main power source to our Everything's home, emerging. but it's not shown on any. There's no easement. There's no there's no line. It's not you know it's not at all shown on the title report or the plat map or plotted easements. And it had they just ripped the darn thing out, then it would have been an emergency and Edison would have come and, and reworked it and got it fixed, you know, within 24 hours. Yeah. Um, or, or they would have put temp power in and we could have continued on with our project. But because they happened to miss it as they were digging and they were like, wait, what's this? Yeah. Uh, you know, now we're in this this holding pattern of, well, SCE needs to design the darn thing and then they have to get it permitted and then they have to figure out where they're connecting to it. And so it's just a, it's a whole whole thing but i do agree with your uh your recommendations demetrius that yeah absolutely you should have your plotted easements you should have your title report you should call dig alert you should make sure you understand what's is what's underneath the the land that you're moving but know from my personal experience that it it isn't a 
sure thing that you're not going to find a surprise. Yeah, <laughs> that's always going to happen. There's always a surprise somewhere. Always. Jason, what have you been up to? Yeah, um, it's been one of the craziest years, obviously. I think everybody's going to say that, you know, every time we're asked about it in our life, right? Um, but uh, the funny thing was in a time when you're supposed to be hunkered down and businesses were suffering and whatnot, um, we probably, my son and I probably traveled more than I have traveled in my entire lifetime in the last year. Um, literally chasing youth hockey all the way around the nation, everywhere that was open to be able to play, we flew to and stayed and played and did all sorts of stuff. So it was pretty crazy. Um, Just to keep him in the flow. Yeah. The, I mean, the kids, right. The kids on the team and stuff. And I mean, even the the fights that we had at the studio with my wife and, and partner and them doing everything they did to keep that place open for the girls to have some place to go and, and a couple of boys to, to go and have, you know, the, the opportunity to have that outlet and that sociability and, and something to look forward to and whatever. It was an absolute dogfight you know, all year long. So I can tell you, I probably expended more energy in the last year and a half than I probably ever have in that same type of time stretch um, just to try to keep things moving. So, um, and then to Michelle's point, you know, we're, we're a, uh, what was the term essential, essential workers in our business. So um, it was from a supplier side, it was a whole new challenge. I mean, in dealing with inventory issues and dealing with um, having to you know, um, handle a plant, you know what I mean? That could work on maybe 25 or 50% capacity still literally met every single deadline, every single time throughout the entire year, never missed a beat. The team did amazing. Um, but it took a lot of horsepower, you know, and a lot of, um, a lot of extra effort and, you know, believing that you were doing the right thing, even though it certainly didn't feel like it, um, navigating trade oh. wars, right? Trade wars. I mean, it was, it was brutal. And the, the funny part was, we had a lot of stuff happen in Northern California. So having to deal with flights canceled, this and that, I drove up there multiple times um, just to keep business moving. Cause then you were looking at you know, all the mouths you were, you had a hand in feeding, you know what I mean? Those kind of things and making sure business kept going and, you know, the emotional constructs of what people were going through as well on the team, you know, with everything that was going on. It was a trip, man. It was hard. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I do believe we came out of it better and stronger, you know, all the way around from a family side, meet my family, uh, my wife and I, and brought us close, way closer to God than we probably ever have been and all that kind of stuff. And so a lot of, a lot of benefits, a lot of struggles and a lot of benefits. We did get COVID. I never got tested, uh, personally, but, um, we're about 99.9. I'm sure I had it. I was a quick one. She got it. And, and my wife is still dealing with some of the inflammation. So she's kind of one of those long haulers. Um, she's doing great. Um, like lung inflammation? No, uh, more like joint and uh, just body inflammation. Oh. So, you know, as we looked into that and we had some friends that I would talk to that would tell us, you know, what she needed to do and, and those types of things. And she did a lot of different things. But she's always seen a homeopathic individual who's done amazing work for her. Um, so, you know, dealt with that. I mean, the kids, we tried to keep them as regular as possible. They were in school half the time. Our school, I, I don't know if it, I can say the school district, but our school specifically was a fantastic I mean, absolutely fantastic for the kids and how they handled everything. And our kids had great teachers and, you know, my wife was in constant contact with the, uh, the principal. Um, so they did a great job there and, you know, just trying to figure out how to make it all work. Right. It was, a, it was a trip on the trade side. I mean, now we're seeing it really bad, but cost of materials, the scarcity of materials, you know, it's, it's a trip. I mean, it still is, and we're not going to come out of it for a year in that regard, at least, but, um, it was crazy. I mean, it was still happy, healthy, live I'm in Buffalo today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for another tournament, but, um, 
but uh, really, really no major complaints. What about you? Oh man, uh, same. Super busy. Uh, you can see with or or here with Gable growing, it's taken you know a lot of time to get it off the ground and effort. So that's been going, uh, but practice has been going pretty well. I've I think I mentioned that I had a, a cupcakery that I had been working yeah. on. Yeah. So that's we're. Uh, for those that know, LA is an absolute nightmare. I, I will tell these horror stories throughout this season, probably, but uh, this has just been unreal experience dealing with this project. But we're getting close to the finish line. Um, they're trying to open this fall, so we're we're getting there. Um, and then I had like three other commercial jobs, um, a few residential jobs, including an ADU and this nice. pretty huge. Um, home in uh over in your neck of the woods uh villa park yeah so that uh it's like Great 3,000 area. square feet and we added like another 2,000 square feet um, you got the land there so, to do it yeah and then uh i had just landed a new project it's a ground up compound like full-on compound for two sisters there and their whole family um so got two houses that are probably going to be about 2,500 square feet each with a pool house and pool and nice so that'll be fun awesome, Demetrius. Com- how are you complete- drumming up your business like where's your your business development is it just word of mouth at this point yeah it's all been word of mouth so i've been very that's fortunate in that that's way the best. so i haven't had to exert too much effort to scratch up business i'm Perfect. actually turning away business right now and trying to be picky and choosy because i'm hoping to sort of bake in some downtime where i can actually turn this into a business rather than chasing uh my tail trying to put out fires nonstop <laughs> and get everything scheduled properly and all that stuff but i'll get into that later um as well i think that's uh, a pipe dream i don't i don't know that you can ever actually achieve that uh, get closer to it i'll say <laughs> get closer to it so it's not so crazy but then on the Gable Media side, I did want to mention one thing of one of the podcasts. Uh, for those that like ours, you may find this one interesting uh, that I've produced. Uh, it's called Build Smart, and it's actually a former CEO of HOK. You guys know HOK? Mm-hmm. Huge firm. So he's done, and um, he doesn't like to call it. He calls it repurposed rather than retired. But he has written a book about the uh the growth of HOK and his time during the, um, as CEO. And in this podcast, he's like retelling that story and kind of all the craziness of like how they almost went out of business with like three crises all in one year and all the nuances of running a business and building this massive, um, firm that's like international. So really good podcast if i say so myself uh <laughs> pretty useful well at least right <laughs> yeah, yeah no but it's really good content and a lot of informative stuff that i'm making notes for my firm so um check that one out and uh back to us um for spaces this season we're doing a shorter list this year just because of uh time constraints for the most part um until we can get our team built up a little bit. So if you are a producer or want to be a producer uh, or want to get into this work with us, please reach out to us at hello at spacespodcast.com and we'll uh, have a conversation, see if we can work something out. But we definitely need some help. 
to get where we're trying to go. But for our episodes this year, we're going to do 3D printed homes, mass timber buildings, adaptive reuse, movie theaters, um, pet care facilities. And we're going to try to do for our landmark episode, the U.S. Capitol, which I think will be very interesting considering what has happened and how that will affect going forward, how they run that place. But any of those jump out in your minds? 3D printed. Yeah. 3D printed. I, I just, you know, that topic, whether it's 3D, not being built in the field, needing <laughs> all of these individuals to do it that we do not have coming to do it anymore is so important to me. Like there's like, I've, I've got even a friend that I'm dealing with in another trade and I'm trying to sort out new ways with just because it's fun for me to build differently because it's got to get quicker or it's got to be, it's either got to get quicker or it's got to be manageable by less people. Mm-hmm. The scarcity of that skilled labor in so many trades is there's no influx of it. There's just, it's a consistently dying breed. So either that happens where we figure out a way to get more people in or we're going to run into issues. So 3d printed, you know, anything of that effect that is not directly just like hand sticks on site, that type of deal. Like, yeah, got my attention. Yeah. Michelle. So we've got 3d printed capital adaptive reuse. What were the other three? Uh, Movie theaters, mass timber, buildings and uh, pet care facilities mass timber buildings i guess i'm not even sure what that means <laughs> so that's like uh that's it's basically timber rather than uh, lightweight wood frame construction uh, so it's more heavyweight wood that allows you to build skyscrapers to an extent uh, the, gotcha. the highest one that I've seen, and they may have gone, gone higher, but la- the highest one that I've seen so far was like 14 floors, which is pretty high out of wood. Okay. Well, then I choose that one because I, you know, one of my favorite things about what we do on this, on this podcast is talk about spaces that we don't necessarily occupy on an individual basis on a day-to-day um, that we're not familiar with. I mean, I, I think back to, I think, was it two seasons ago? Maybe it was last season where we talked about the, the cemetery episode with the architect and, mm-hmm. and just that whole concept of how are we decomposing and, and <laughs> as, <laughs> as humans, once we've passed, and that was just like such an enlightening, like, wow, this is why, why, why isn't everyone doing this? And so I, you know, I always love the episodes where we're talking about a space mm-hmm. that we just aren't necessarily familiar with and and there's a lot of learning that can come from that yeah that company is actually growing really fast and they're they popped up in several states i think that was uh oregon that they started in and i saw that they're in like multiple states now and a lot of petitions going around to bring them into their state uh, because it's not legal right now in every state um, but it's rapidly growing. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. They were just featured in like People magazine or something. So they're growing really fast. That's Recompose. And that's the name of the episode as well. Mm-hmm. If you want to check it out um, to learn a little bit more. But um, yeah, that was a good episode. I think mine would probably be, I'm super fascinated to see what happens to movie theaters post COVID. And how do you get 
because I'm sure there are going to be, you know, a chunk of people that are still uncomfortable with going into that type of setting, probably almost forever um, post COVID. So how do you get those people to feel comfortable and get them back in or how do movie theaters evolve to attract people or uh, do their business a different way? What does that look like? You know, I don't know. I I think it's going to need to be. Well, it's an interesting question that you said that Mm -hmm. you're the the idea that people might be afraid, but then you look at like what happened to Disneyland this week when they opened to the public and it's like, well, we're we're done. We're out of this. And I will tell you just an anecdotal story. Um, If you were following my social media, you know that I did a, an errand up to Portland, Oregon. Was um, it an errand or did you move? You didn't answer me. <laughs> no, no. It was an errand. We were delivering okay. um, some tools and heavy equipment to my sister-in-law uh, who builds furnitures and theater sets. Uh, the Got tools it. and equipment were owned by my father-in-law who passed away earlier this year. So okay. we thought rather than sell Sorry. this, let's give it to someone who, first of all, knows what they are. I don't even, I mean, there was like table saws <laughs> and all sorts of things. I couldn't even tell you someone that is, you know, knows what it is, how to use it, and also will appreciate it rather than sell it. So, but, you know, we went on this journey, it was a road trip, because we had to pull a U-Haul. And on the way up, you know, going through the entire state of California, we were wearing masks, uh, based on the rules and regulations of the hotel lobby, or the restaurants, or wherever we were going into, right. And then on the way home, same exact route. We stayed at the same exact hotel that we stayed at, you know, going up north as we did coming down. And, And it was just funny because it's like going up, you know, signs everywhere, you know, please wear your mask. Okay, no problem. Signs coming down and on our drive down, the signs were gone. And it was like, okay, well, here's this arbitrary like date, which is fine. But my point is, because I'm not trying to make a political statement. The point is just that the bounce back is, has happened very fast. Right. So my, my point being on a Thursday, when we drove up, everyone was very fine wearing masks on a, on a Tuesday coming home, everyone was like, if I don't need to wear a mask, I'm not going to wear a mask. And you look at Disneyland and the same thing, right? They opened the doors and it's like, they got rid of their capacity regulations and everyone was there and ready and, and eager to have a good time. (laughs) And so I, to your comment, Demetrius, about the movie theaters, I wonder if, if maybe people just, maybe just, we socially just bounce back and, and we get past it. Um, I think there's a slight difference though, because Disneyland is outside and in a movie theater, you're indoors in a confined space, shoulder to shoulder, people laughing and some coffee. Has anybody else flown? Like the amount of flights I've taken, like so people are so done with it. Like just the whole idea. So the fact like, I, I really think there's two things, right? For movie theaters. One, People are starved for good entertainment again. I'm starved for good entertainment. There's like no new movies to really watch, right? So people are going to want to go out and start doing that and get together with people. The second thing is that I've noticed people don't care on the mass is what I've noticed now. It's like, remember when they used to say like the handshake's dead, you're never going to do any of that anymore. The amount of handshakes and hugs I've gotten on this trip being in New York of all places, right? Which was very similar to California in that regard. They're just like completely like, I don't care. Like it's, it's a trip. I mean, to, to Michelle's point, it's like the, it was like a, a, a switch just got flipped is what I've noticed. Well, you're going to see the people that aren't concerned with it. Like that's who you're yeah. going to interact with. So, but I'm, totally. what I'm is, I think, I think yeah. there is a segment that exists totally. that are still going to be coming out of this much slower or, you know, effective for a long period of time, just their perspective of putting themselves in certain situations. 
but I think that's you're definitely not small. wrong, Demetrius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're definitely not wrong. And and Jason, I I would say that it is highly highly localized, right? And so I'll use I'll use the comparison of if you're in Orange County, you can easily have the perspective you just shared of sure. people are over it. If you go to Portland, Oregon, as an example, people are not over it. I mean, it, they are still very yeah, still taking things very seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, the the downtown is still very shut down for for lack of a better phrase or that was, lack of a that was the first state right and yeah it hit i can pretty hard i can share so, michigan st louis wisconsin out here in new york when we were in arizona we went to a couple other uh, nashville we went to a couple other places and this is throughout the year like the, and so normally i would agree with you because you're only in orange county right or, or to a certain degree but it's like Overall, at least the people that I was hanging out with, so maybe it's because they're hockey people, and maybe it's a very similar mentality. To to be fair to your point, but yeah. overall, going into restaurants or anything like that, they just didn't care. And in fact, most of them were upset about it still. So, or maybe maybe I'm semi brainwashed on it. So that's just what I heard too. You know what I mean? It could uh, be. Could be. Could yeah. be both, Jason. Could we be. appreciate your uh, openness. I mean, it really it really <laughs> could be. Like, but that's but that's what's been really neat about this whole year is I'm the guy that walked in without a mask. You guys know me. And it's like, and if somebody really wanted to make a deal about it, I'd put it on or decide if I wanted to be there or not. That's really kind of where I went with it. It wasn't, I wasn't going to make be confrontational or do anything of that nature. But for the most part where I was, it didn't seem to be that big of a deal, but if, if it was, you just kind of respected their opinion and what was going on. It's like, okay. You know, like the general feeling to me is people are tired of doing this, you know what I mean? And whether that means it's a good thing or a bad thing, depending on what side you're on, um, they're just generally very tired of having to put something on their face, tired of having to do things that they don't feel are normal um, or, or natural. And so I feel like the, the bounce back will be pretty quick from just the general interactions. And that's from people that were, were very cautious too. Like even super cautious individuals that I knew of, you know, we're just like, yeah, I'm done. Like, I just don't want to do this anymore. And I think they're even like, even if it meant there were some other type of risk, they're just like, okay, I've, I'm, I'm at the point where the risk reward has been too much now. And I'm just willing to go. Well, I would say, I would say more than likely, a lot of those individuals are people that took advantage of, of the vaccine are now fully vaccinated and, and are saying, Hey, you know, I've, I've done what I can to protect myself and to contribute to herd, herd immunity. And, and so let's get on with it and let's get back to business and, and, um, and living and enjoying and, and all those things. But, um, but yeah, Demetrius movie theaters, uh, yeah. you know, people want to see movies and, back to you know, the Jason, right. Like, but I, you know, you're so, so on that topic, it's, it's fascinating, right? Because what we, what we all have probably experienced over the last year is just the availability and options um, that can come through your TV at home through Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or Apple TV or Paramount Plus or HBO Max or like, you, right, the, the list is endless. And it, you kind of get to a point where you're like, yeah, this is kind of comfortable. But, you know, <laughs> I like you church on the couch. I, I really enjoyed church <laughs> on the couch. I'm not going to lie right? to you. <laughs> But I, but I think you're right, Demetri. There is, there is something special about the experience of going and sitting in a in a large theater format with surround sound, where you can kind of feel the bass and you can feel the action that's happening on the screen that you can't necessarily get in your living room. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch Top Gun two in my family room. I want to watch Top Gun two in the movie theater. Like that's the only <laughs> that's way it's done. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, come on. 
Exactly. So. Yeah. I mean, for Goose, right? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So we'll leave it there. Uh, thank you again for coming back for season four. Tune in tomorrow for Express, and we will talk soon. Thanks. This show is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star rating and a review on your preferred podcasting app. It helps others find us, and your support is the only way that this show grows. And don't forget to connect with us through our Facebook community, Instagram, and see the random thoughts and articles that we share on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for spending some time with us. Talk soon. Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host Patrick McLaney, FAIA former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise. From 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of 
five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.